It's your pal Siri. You have found the Ambiguously Blind Podcast, where we are challenging beliefs and revealing abilities that make people extraordinary. With your host, a guy that's great at hearing, but terrible at listening, John Grimes. Hey, 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 greeting. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in, subscribing, and supporting the podcast experience. My guest for this episode is Morton Bonn. Morton is the author of Sentence to Blindness, Now What?, and was on the podcast about a year and a half ago to talk about that book. But he's been up to several things since, so I wanted to check in with Morton and see what's going on. Hey, Morton. Thanks for coming back to the Ambiguously Blind podcast. Thank you, John. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. You're a repeat offender. This is not your first time here. No, second. Second time. <laughs> a couple of years ago or one and a half years. It's been about a year and a half. Yeah, pretty yeah, crazy. Yeah. And you've been a busy guy uh, in that year and a half. So I wanted to catch up with you and see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. The last time we spoke, it was mostly, I guess, about my book. And uh, yeah, we also spoke, I think, a little bit about my career and professional life at the, at the Lego group. And, uh, and of course, uh, me losing my sight which is uh, naturally a big part of, of my life and uh, how I experience life. Yeah, retinitis pigmentosa. And you write about that in your book, Sentence to Blindness. Now yep. what? And we'll have that linked. All these things will be linked in the show notes. And uh, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the episode. It was from October of 21, I believe. So about a year and a half ago or so. It was a good episode. But you've been up to so much stuff since that I, I wanted to uh, check in with you. But before we get into that, Morton, something new I'm doing on these uh, episodes is doing some wacky kind of quick hit questions to kind of get to know Morton a little better. Mm -hmm. So you think you're ready for that? Yeah. <laughs> hit me. Okay, okay, here we go. What is your favorite band or type of music? Uh, progressive metal. Progressive metal. Okay, I wouldn't have guessed that. No. So, is there a band in particular or a couple bands? Mm, I think a band called Dream Theater, okay. which is a, a progressive uh, yeah, metal band. They've, they've been around since... I remember it was the, the first concert in 93 here in, in Denmark. And from, from that moment, I was... Uh, you were hooked. I was, a, I was a fan, yeah. So, they're Danish band? Nope, they are from Boston area, New York, New York, I think. Wow. Uh, yeah. U.S., so, huh? Yeah. Interesting, okay. So it's, imagine uh, jazz in a metal, metal style, so it's very progressive, very sort of changes uh, every, every five, you know, no, there's a lot of the songs are like 15, 15 minutes long, and there's just so much happening there, so wow. much, much okay. for the brain, yeah. And you're a big reader, I, I know from, from your book. What is yeah. the most significant book you think you've read? That's easy. It's, uh, it's a power, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And it's, uh, no, I, mo I mostly listen to, to, you know, my Audible uh, library is, is enormous. So, yes, yeah. So, I'm the same way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. And what was the main message from that? Well, the, it kind of gives gives <laughs> it, it in the in the title. The power of now is is about 
learning to recognize that we have this um, we have this very busy mind that is constantly occupied with thoughts, and um, that we gain access to the power of life when we realize that we can only exist and live now. So nothing exists outside of this moment which is everything there is and and when you really understand that it's you know that's a that's a whole new perspective on 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 challenges because they are so oftenly mind created so so that's a powerful book that changed uh changed my life okay so you could have dinner with three people from either current or past history who are you eating with Okay, so one of them would probably be. Don't feel pre. Don't feel pressure to say me. Okay, I'll, I was. <laughs> I was going to. <laughs> no, I don't know. I. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, you know, first of mind, I would say a, an Indian philosopher called the uh, Jiddu Krishnamurti. He was a. Uh, he was uh, very. Um, uh, inspirational for me. Uh, again, it's a uh, it's it's back to the topic of realizing what we really are, and um, he he is definitely one of them. And then, uh, I would say, I would say, uh, well, uh, Eckhart Tolle, obviously the, the the author of the book that mm-hmm. I, that yeah. I mentioned before, yeah. and uh, the third. One, yeah, that would be the guitarist of Dream Theater. There you uh, go, John, John Petrucci. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. Think those guys would get along? I think actually, I, and I, I haven't realized that until recently. When listening to a band, you know, throughout your life, and listen to the same, you know, songs and and the lyrics, and you know, they're they're written in in a, you know, it's it's not as straightforward as just listening to a text and then understanding it right away and i kind of i realized now that they're actually talking about things that i just started to understand in my my 40s yeah you know that's so interesting you say that because i kind of went through a revelation myself where i'm a big fan of music and i know lots of songs and melodies and things and i a lot of times even though i could repeat the lyrics and know them by heart i i didn't spend enough time looking at the meaning or maybe thinking that there may be some deeper meanings to those lyrics. And in my 40s is when I kind of had the awakening that this this may mean a little bit more than what I originally thought so. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. And it's again about, um, you know, your perspective on your present, the, the present moment is really just the, the brain's ability to interpret what we get through the senses so, so that depends on what you have in your backpack too so it's really uh it's really interesting to see things that have been stagnant and the maybe non-progressive throughout your life and then you change and then everything changes and then boom there there you are yeah yeah okay what is something that no one knows about you well uh no one <laughs> that's that's a tough one. Probably or very few, maybe. Let's, okay, let's say very few or no. The the no one I probably would 
keep it to myself. <laughs> that's, that's probably <laughs> a reason, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, well, I guess it's kind of a, a contradiction that I am a mindfulness instructor talking about creating inner peace in outer chaos, and then my favorite music is, you know, the, the aggressive. Uh, uh, area of the music scale so so a lot of people who don't know me very well they wouldn't think that i'm listening to uh bands that are you know up there on the the death metal scale yeah, but, right. uh, <laughs> but, but i kind of I, i saw recently there was a the, the, there was a guy on a ted ted talk talking about this catharsis i think it's called where we use you can actually use music aggressive music to to vent so you 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 see this phenomenon when you when you go to a festival with with death metal music and the, the people are actually quite calm and loving and having a party and you know it everything is is so smooth and and friendly yeah, that really is that would be shocking Yeah, and it's it's a kind of a myth that you know people who listen to aggressive music they are aggressive themselves. It's mm -hmm. kind of it's kind of a way to vent. And for for me, I'm not I'm a very calm person, and and I think that I get to get a little bit of that you know built up stress out of my system by listening to aggressive music. Yeah, it's an outlet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and finally, you worked for Lego for some time. And I know you've had, you have a couple boys. Um, so I'm wondering how many pieces of Lego do you think you've had in your house over the years? Oh, 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 several thousands of the, the, we have, I think we have five, six huge boxes uh, with, with Lego bricks. So, so, so tens to no way about that. I actually, I think uh, maybe nearly hundred thousand. I don't know. Very very much we have so many bricks so yeah we have a lot so what's the coolest thing you guys ever put together i would probably say that we oh there's so many um oh uh volkswagen they they made this nostalgic version of their hippie van i think uh -huh. it's yeah, yeah that, that, that was pretty cool uh, the details in that but uh, you know there's so many i, I in, in the recent you know latest years i grew very fond of all those uh, uh, lego ideas which is you know f really fan driven so so a fan builds something awesome and they they post that idea to the lego group and the lego group if they if it gets enough votes they decide to make it a sort of a you know A, a model you can buy. And, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And there are a lot of great things come out of that. Okay, well, that's all the wacky hard-hitting questions, Morton. So you're off the hot seat now. <laughs> I think I did well. I think you did well, too. Uh, okay, so let's kind of get a little bit back on the our previous episode about the book, Sentence to Blindness. Now what? It's been out for, what is this, like maybe... How three years? Uh, two three, and a half years? Three years. Yeah. yeah, something around that. So what's that experience been like? Well, I can I can tell you. Well, it came in Danish uh, a year prior to the, the English version. And and I remember when I when I put it out, it was it was a self published project. Um 
And the reason for that was that the, there actually there were some publishers, but they wanted to change too much in the book. So I decided, well, I really want the book to be like this. So um, the, the only way I could do that then was to self-publish it. And I was so busy with you know everything around that um, that I didn't anticipate how it would be when it was out there. And in, in a couple of days after it was published, I, you know, freaked out. <laughs> I, I, uh, I regretted, regretted everything. They know, you know, why I couldn't, I couldn't uh, understand why I had written this mm -hmm. and published it. And I was, uh, I was having, a, you know, a daily panic attack for 14 days <laughs> wanting to <laughs> pull it back and and then i kind of and then i kind of got used to the the thought that people were actually reading some of the things that were you know only known by myself yeah and that was very it, it was a process i was living in my own bubble when i when i was mm -hmm. writing the book i had an editor going through a, through a script and but it was it was sort of a private project and all of a sudden people were reading it yeah. And then I freaked out because I didn't hear back from them. I kind of expected that when people bought a book, they would read it. And then two days after, they would come back and say, whoa, that was a great book. And I didn't hear from people. And it turned out, you know, people were actually saving the book for their vacation or, you know, mm -hmm. it, it was just sitting there on the shelf until, you know, whatever. So it was a strange experience uh, after having published it. So I'm kind of going through that similar process myself you are way further ahead than me but there are a lot of things that i'm writing in my book project that it's super cathartic for me to get some of these things out and in the open and i've been kind of desensitizing myself to some of that by sharing snippets and parts of it but i do have some sort of anxiety about all that stuff being out there for, for as good as that is because i want to do it I think kind of what you're saying is that there might be some second guessing of that um, <laughs> maybe after yep. it's out, but I'm, I'm, I'm ready. For, I'm ready to experience that second guessing because uh, it's, it's been, it's been too long, but you've, it, sound, it sounds like it's going to be okay. Yeah, it is. And I think it's a, it's, it's a healthy experience actually, because, you know, it is again, the mind's, power over the way that you you know your body reacts you know so you your mind has so much power over your whole system and if you don't get to control this mind it will control you and and here's a good example of something that i made up my mind i wanted to do it was uh, i was this i know I, I was determined to do it and then i did it and then the mind just totally you know, screwed my system. Yeah. <laughs> so, so why did and, you do that? I've been trying to get you not to do that. And then you do it and you're happy. Yeah. But the mind was actually, in the long you run. know, the, the, it, no, it, it was, you know, it was excited about it. It was a, a good project for the mind also, but then it's so easy for the mind afterwards to go, to creep in and then say, give you, uh, sure. Are you sure that was a good <laughs> idea? What are people thinking? You, you, uh -huh. you wrote that you're not, you know, this secure person that you try to, you know, sh show the the world that you are, you, you, now you've told everyone that you are not really that, you know, mm -hmm. confident person. And, you're, and it, it, it started 
you know, whispering all those things in my ear, and I kind of believed every word. And uh, mm -hmm. and and I think the, I think afterwards, no, the whole thing that I'm doing now is is getting to people, getting people to, you know, become aware of the fact that we have this inner voice that is whispering in our you know subconscious system, unconscious system, then and that we have a tendency to become what it is that we constantly we to ourselves in the mind and that's also a topic in the book and uh, it's just further expanded on that throughout uh, the last couple of years yeah and you also did a tedx talk um kind yes. of on the heels of the book and i think in it's kind of an expansion of the book and it talks kind of an it's kind of a bridge between the book and the mindfulness yeah. stuff that you're doing now so what was that tedx experience like well that was an it was an experiment to be honest, I, I, you know, I barely touch on uh, the whole, you know, weirdness of brain alchemy. I call it, you know, the, your ability to change your brain's chemistry. I talk a little bit about it in the book, uh, in a couple of uh, of uh, chapters, but but I wanted to see if I could create an inner environment that so firmly believed that I was or that I had given a TEDx talk so much that you know the world around me just would shape around it like like I have a, had a vivid experience of giving a TED talk long before I actually did give the TED talk so it was for me it was an experiment I wanted to see can I come up with an idea a, a goal, if you you know, mm -hmm. you can call it that, yeah. and then do what it takes to get to you know realize that in in reality. So take it from imagination to to a real life scenario, and um, and that was that was the idea. It wasn't really like uh, like I thought it would be. I, I don't know how how to to say this, but but it was very it was a very. Um, personal project in the in the sense that I wanted just to for the fun of it see if I could actually create this scenario where I would be invited to give a, a TED talk so 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 so, that, so 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 some of it was of course to create the talk and that's what's the more practicality right. the practicalities around it but the whole thing was to to sort of you know you you could say attract this opportunity into my life was it hard to do that, attract the opportunity? And was it easy or difficult to get to get on the stage, like just logistically? It was strangely enough when no, I started, I started um, getting the habit of of every day in my meditation, I would vividly imagine every detail around being a TEDx speaker. So every day, I. I, I'm a very, um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a creative, so I create images in Photoshop, uh, and so I, I created an image where I was standing on a stage with the, on a TEDx stage. So I photoshopped myself into that, and I put that poster on the wall. So every day I was seeing me standing on the TEDx stage. It became more and more, you know, it can't be otherwise. I'm. I'm looking at it. So, so what I think I, I did was I started to create possibilities. So I started 
being curious about what does it really take to become a TEDx speaker. So a lot of people think about something, but they don't really go into the to the next steps to figure out what does it what do I have to do to bring me from here to there. They just they just repeat the wish. So I would love for this to happen. But if they don't take the necessary steps towards that, nothing will happen. So so I think I, I probed my mind to seek out the necessary things, you know, meeting with the right people, getting uh, the network in, in order for the TEDx folks here in, in Denmark to, to realize that I was there and then be interested and then having the dialogue and all that. And then it, so people will say, oh, you just worked hard to get it. But I really created sort of an, a feeling that it would, you know, it, it already had happened before it happened. Yeah, you are a super creative guy, and that's pretty easy to tell. Um, just kind of what you do and how you do things, but also the Lego background and the the um, all that all that production stuff and advertising and media and all that stuff. It's pretty easy to tell. Yeah, and I I, I kind of you know when I when I embarked on this whole journey, I call it in the journey from hopelessness street to possibility road. It was because I. So many times I had vividly imagined whole, you know, universes, you know, Lego cities, you know, landscapes that didn't exist. It only existed in my imagination. And I already had a lot of experience about creating an idea and seeing it very vividly, it, convincing people around me that this was going to happen and then get a whole bunch of people to work to eventually have a whole city in a in a big uh, stock house with cameras filming and all that and i said what is keeping me from doing that in my life you know if i do the same thing if i have a, an imagination about what i want to become what kind of person i want to be what that it's the same process it's 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 uh, just now it's for myself. It's not for a company or a group of people or a client. It's uh, it's my life we're talking about. So so that was the whole that was the reasoning behind embarking on this uh, sort of these these uh, four months. I mentioned them in the book. The my four challenges. It was all about making it making it real. Yeah, those four challenges are incredible, and the lettermen are incredible as well that you encounter in your uh, story. We'll just kind of keep it at that level because I think it's certainly, uh, it, it's a, it's a tremendous way to illustrate mindsets and just kind of being with the letterman. Yeah. They, they, I never really speak much about them because they are an experience in the book that they, yeah. they, they have to, they have to appear in your own imagination somehow. And yeah. it's, uh, it's not going to, not going to be my version of, of it. It's going to be the reader's version of them. Yeah. So you go from the book to the TEDx talk and uh, all the while, I think your, your mindfulness stuff is very apparent. I mean, it's, it's in all of that. And then you create um, inner peace in outer chaos. That's what's yeah. going on now. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Mindfulness has been with me all along. I, I also write about it in, in the book that, it was an experience I had. It, uh, it, it is so impossible for a mind-driven person to realize that there is actually a possibility that the mind is the entity 
creating all the problems that you experience in your life. That's a, when you when you realize that if you stop for a second and think about that, it is uh, it, it gives you tremendous power over your life. And I had that experience because I was you know I had this problem. If I was losing my eyesight, that's that's a real problem, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. But what I didn't know was that the way that I was looking, you know, upon this problem, the way that I was talking about it in my head, the way that I was talking about it to my surroundings, it gave that reality life. I was giving that reality energy and focus. And um, one day this uh, coach, this uh, psychologist, I think I was uh, seeing because I was uh, hitting a wall every, every, you know, it was back in 14. I was, I was crashing and then I was on sick leave for, for a while and then I came back and we were stacking uh, tasks uh, upon each other again and on my plate and then I would hit the wall again and I would go back. So what was going on? And, and um, I, was, I remember sitting there and she, she asked me questions that I couldn't answer. And the reason why I couldn't answer them because she wasn't ask, asking my mind, she was asking my, the, the part of me that you could call being. And I had no idea to get in contact with that. I had no idea how to sense what was going on in, in my body and around me. And, and the way she, she showed me that was we were taking a stroll in the forest and she asked me to just walk very slowly while I was speaking about my problems. And I, was, I, I couldn't talk about my problems and walk slowly at the same time. And then she started activating other senses. She said, can you listen to what you're hearing? And I heard a bird singing. And I couldn't talk about my problems. And I couldn't think about my problems while I was listening to the bird and sensing the wind on my cheek. So this experience was to give me an example because, because she couldn't tell me because it was my mind listening. And it said, this is nonsense. It doesn't, you know we have to talk about my problem and uh, you know it's it's tangible and it's there but she couldn't get through to the part of me that would say okay could i give my problem a new meaning could i look at it from a different perspective and it took almost a year until i realized it and that was when i was deeply into mindfulness and i said i noticed that you know i can create whatever reality i want to create it starts from within but if you're never still enough to get to this quiet place where you really just are alive, are present, and not in your head, then you can never see that you are in your head all the time. So the, the mindfulness thing all, already at that point started you know, to be sort of the foundation for this, this whole thing. And then, then it just grew from there. Well, I was going to ask you, what does mindfulness do? And is that what you just described, I think? Well, mindfulness, it's, it's defined, you know, it's, it's ancient because it's, it's really back to the Buddhist traditions. Um, but in, in uh, you know, in modern time, it was John Kabat-Zinn. He is a do doctor from, yeah, I really can't remember what university he was, he was, he was in. And he's still alive, he's still with us. But he, he was treating patients who were suffering from chronic you know, pain. And there were, no, there were no chance for them to get rid of this pain by any means of uh, 
medicine or surgery or whatever. So they they had to live with this condition. And and he implemented this mindfulness Buddhist tradition into a modern context. And and his definition is that that mindfulness is the awareness that arises through paying attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally. So what that means is that you are with whatever is in a non-labeling judgmental way. So everything that happens to you, you sort of, you accept that the isness of the moment is what it is. You don't, you don't go into battle with it. You don't argue with it because it is, it already is. And the sooner you can accept that right now is as right now is, you can put aside all the conflict that you have, the inner conflict, and then you can start looking forward and say, okay, how do I want my next moment to be? I can decide that. And it can be from a, uh, can be from a state of forgiveness and uh, loving kindness toward yourself and people around you, or it could be in a, in a in resentment towards the previous moment so so it is a it is it is really um a, a way to accept what is and the when we start to accept what is it kind of dissolves that inner struggle that we have against it kind of kind of dissolves by itself is living mindfully something that one can do all the time i mean can you live mindfully as a as a norm versus trying to get to mindfulness. Yes, it it is not a it's not a technique. It's not a tool. It is a way of living, and it's and and that's when it starts to become that you just look at challenges as you know opportunities to learn something about yourself or or, or the situation that you're in. So so it can it can it can change the way your outlook on on your life because you kind of accept that it just happens. It's just things just happens like thoughts happens, like sounds happen, like the wave, uh, you know, on the surface, on the top of the ocean, it can get high. The waves can get high. They can be still. It can, and, and, and it's the same with people. We have this surface, which is, you know, all our emotions and feelings and reactions and then with deep below, we have something that is watching all that. And it's to, to really know that experientially that makes the, the whole difference. Like what percentage of people do you think live mindfully or what percentage of the day do people normally live mindfully? I don't really know that, but I know that there is maybe a perception of mindfulness. It's, 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 it's really a buzzword today because you know you hear it all the time, and, and a lot of companies and corporations they have it as a program for people, uh, employees who 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 are dealing with stress, and then they get this opportunity or this package, and you yeah. can yeah. go and and be be mindful. And then they and a lot of people think that it's about you know showing up, and then you are you are with a group of people and then you sit down and close your eyes and then you are mindful yeah. for 20 minutes right and then you get up and then you go back to your world with the same you know panic and anxiety and <laughs> and, and outlook on life right. and it doesn't really work but it's only 20 minutes in a whole day where you actually are in contact with 
what really is right now. And and the the idea is that you you cultivate a habit of noticing when your mind is starting to come up with stories. Those those stories that I were so good at creating at the Lego Group and in my life in general. You know, noticing when it starts coming up with stories that are just structures in your mind and then, ah, noticing and say, no, I really don't want to go in in that direction because ruminating thoughts, they are going to take me to scarcity and I don't want to, I don't want to go there. So you make, you are able to discern when your mind is playing tricks on you and when you really need to really get rooted in, in the moment. And, and as I told you before, you can't really walk slowly and balance your body and think about your problems at the same time. So, so the problems that disappear when you are really, really aligned with the present moment. And then people say, yeah, but the problems don't, they don't go away. But who created the problems <laughs> most of the time? We did that in our minds. You can have a, you can have a colleague who's looking totally different at, at that same problem. Maybe it's not even a problem to him, but it has become in your mind. So, so it's about resetting that whole system. Yeah, and a great quote I got from your website is, old ways won't open new doors. Yeah, that's back to the whole autopilot. You know, we can go through life, repeat the same things every day. I, I actually literally, literally saw somewhere someone writing that, that 80%, I think it was, of the thoughts that you had yesterday are the same thoughts that you're having today. So you're repeating your reality because it's habitual and and you don't even know it it's just become a habit right you you repeat the same routines every every day but you hope and expect to have a different outcome in your life but you know you, you, that's you do the definition it. of insanity right exactly exactly yeah yeah and yeah. you talk about autopilot in your book as well which i think is a great way to to think about it and look at it and autopilot's good for some things right like breathing yep. and and you know daily yeah. functions but for your mind it often is not exactly yeah we need that we couldn't live without it we do, we would be yeah really in in trouble if we didn't have don't that. have to think about our heart beating every you know 60 times yeah, a minute that, or whatever but, and, and that's that, that's really deep unconscious i think that's you know the i think it's more i think i think uh, today i think they they kind of got rid of the term subconscious when you talk to a if you talk to a psychologist today, they would say, well, that's kind of a Jung, uh, Freudian thing. It's with, no, we, we really abandoned that because it, it implies that there's something below consciousness or awareness. And, and I think it's, 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 it's a pity because there is really, if you know, notice that you're, it's become really clear for me, at least uh, now when I have only three degrees of tunnel vision left, when I look at the world, I only see what I focus on. So, so it's actually exactly the same with the mind. We have uh, an ability to be focused on maybe, f you know, five things or something like that. And, and, and you can, we can, we can hover be be between tasks and, but then it's pretty, it becomes pretty difficult for the mind. So, but ben below the awareness, we have so much more. It's just, we don't focus on it. So it could be if you are if you call yourself an unhappy person, you you kind of have your tunnel vision focused on the area of the you know the whole the all possibilities of 
being mode, you only look at a very small percentage of what is out there, and that is maybe unhappiness. It's gonna, it, it's just a metaphor for 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 how you can actually just decide to notice that there's so much in my day that is actually happy. But you know, I have my focus on unhappy because it's my problem, right? So I look at the problem and I focus on the problem, and I get consumed by unhappy instead of resetting the system and say, okay, what is actually making me happy? Oh, a morning kiss from my wife. My sons try to tease me in the morning because I can't find the cheese in the in the fridge, and, and we laugh about that. And you know the the smell of the flowers and you know there's so many things but we are occupied with the problems and um so so it is it is about noticing that you'll the, uh, for me it was it was kind of a no-brainer because i i'm i can't think my way out of becoming blind <laughs> so so my brain just it crashed because i was mm-hmm. i was i was caught in a loop of thinking about how to to solve this problem which is impending blindness and and there were no solution to it so i had to accept that i am slowly losing my eyesight but it's not going to be what defines my life it it's what it's all the, the other things that i can do with with it i can use it somehow i can learn from it i can recognize that you know we can only enjoy possibility road if we are aware of a hopelessness street so hopelessness street becomes the you know the reminder of what is wonderful in life so without without the darkness we don't recognize the the, the brightness so yeah, it's it is kind of it, it is kind of deep, but it's uh, for me. It's you know, I had to I had to go into all this, otherwise I would be stuck in, you know, on hopelessness street. Yeah, that's not a good place to be. And nope. I think you help people move away from hopelessness street. In the you have a course. It's inner peace in outer chaos, right? Yeah, yeah. It uh, it is. It's uh, I you know I, I formally. <laughs> Um, trained to become a mindfulness instructor I started last year because you know I was I was living it but I needed sort of a sort of a system to to teach it to people you know because the, the my journey was kind of sporadic it was a lot of epiphanies and and you know a lot of reading and I you know it's it's for it's maybe a little rare that people would invest so much time in in it. So, so I decided to you know get this degree. So I was a certified mindfulness instructor, and then I created this program called Inner Peace and Outer Chaos, and you can find it on my my website. And it is a course right now. It's a it's um, consists of five sessions where I take people through the the basic stuff of you know from from coming from and you know a, a very um you know living mostly in your head to realizing that you know we create a lot of our problems in our head so how can we how can we get more into the present moment and 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 into our bodies and, to, and our sensory system so um yeah that's that's what i do now 
Well, talk, talking to you and I watched the, there's a video, like an intro video on your website also. Uh, it sounds tremendous and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Well, it's, uh, it, it, I, I just uh, put it out there and I'm really looking forward to see what it, uh, what, uh, how, how great of a great an impact is going to be uh, to have on people and that, that people even, you know, want to, want to delve into it and the, uh, Again, again, for me, it was just I, I just did it because someone once said that you, if you are able to teach something, then you you have obtained a, a degree of mastery in the, in your fields. Mm -hmm. If you're able to 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 you know formulate it in hundred different ways, the same thing, and you you know, and you really understand it to a level where you can teach it to people, and and it's all about that for me to become a master of my own life and my situation otherwise i could easily see myself becoming very sad and frustrated about losing my eyesight and i don't know what is waiting for me because retinitis pigmentosa sadly is a um is a condition where you slowly and gradually lose your eyesight you never really you never really get to a point where okay this is the sight that i have to live with uh-uh, in two years, you won't be able to see this anymore. And mm -hmm. it's going to be like that for for the rest of my life. So it, that that shouldn't define me. And that is the reason why I started doing all this. Okay, so innerpeaceinouterchaos.com. Is that the website? Yep. We'll have that linked in the show notes as well. And your your website is your first name, last name, dot DK, I think. Oh, it can also be .com. I also have the, okay. the Good. .com. That's, that's, yeah. I'm, I'm much better with .coms over here, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Morton. Well, thanks a bunch for hanging out with us. And um, I don't know. We'll be interesting to see what happens the next time we uh, when we get together for number three. Yeah. And I, uh, also about your uh, your process, I'm I'm interested in, in hearing more about that when we, when we get to that. Yeah, I will definitely tell you more about it. there'll be a lot more hopefully this is the year this i i plan on 2023 being the year that that stuff all becomes reality and i've shared some of it with you and uh, i appreciate your feedback and kind of watching your journey um assist me kind of on mine to a certain degree yeah. so um, i I'm, I'm very appreciative of that yeah and you can yeah reach out if you need advice or whatever i can be helpful Tremendous. Thanks a bunch, Morton. Thank you, John. Thanks for spending time with the Ambiguously Blind podcast. Please rate and write a review wherever you subscribe and connect and share with us at ambiguouslyblind.com.